Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. It's the internet's only college football podcast. Like, where where else are you going to hear about, you know, proprietary content like the concept of Blood Week, which I think we own, right? Culturally speaking. Who's we? Um, well, that would be me, Spencer Hall. Correct. That would be uh, a bannersociety.com. That's right. Because this is a Banner Society podcast. That's bannersociety.com. Oh, did you just ask for this- confirmation of your own name? I did, and you'd be astonished how many times that happens a day. Or maybe you wouldn't He be. was looking at me like, right? Right? Or, it's, yeah, it's, big guy. It's good to be sure. It's good to get a second opinion. Good to trust but verify, as the cliche goes. Bannersociety.com. Ooh, I like that. You should put that in the intro. Society. Hmm. What letter was that? That was that, that was the a... jelly the jellyfish men from Star Wars one or two. Mm. We only listen to Battle Society podcast. <laughs> oh God. no! Oh, How about God. that? that really that, close. That in British. Uh, oh no! <laughs> no that will that will that sound will curdle in my throat, and I will have to be hospitalized <laughs> if I even attempt it. Speaking of choking and dying. Uh huh. Blood week. Blood, blood week. Uh, Jason, we go through legendary blood weeks of your on this podcast from time to time. This is one of those installments where we're going to lay out those weeks in which everything is overturned. Uh, review the concept a little bit. Take our listeners through uh, what they're going to hear and why this is definitely about blood weeks and why what you're calling a blood week might not be a blood week in college football. So we've, back in the summer, we decided it would be fun to do a season, a series during the football season that is a week-by-week chronology of basically the most chaotic of those weeks at each point throughout college football history. So before week one, we did a week one. Uh, the thing about September is not a lot happens in September. It is not until mid-October that shit really starts to happen. Excuse me, I got to grab something. I'm... <laughs> he's, he's choking and dying. He's got blood in his throat. <laughs> the, the expected outcome has reversed itself. Sorry, folks. Jason was chowing down on some of Janine's chili. <laughs> Jesus, Janine. He was an eight-point favorite against that chili. And look what's happened to him. Oh. Classic upset. Horrible. What kind of beans do you like in a chili? I generally will go for a red kidney. I have to go for a red kidney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Light red or dark red? Dark red, please. What is the difference? Uh, size, mostly. Those really? bigger ones tend to be a little darker. Okay. Right? 
That's it. I like a beefy chili. Even my beans got to be beefy. Even my greens got to be beefy. I like a great navy bean because I respect the troops. I'll also tell okay. you my descent from being it. Oh, hey, hey, oh, oh hey. hey. Oh, thank God we were talking Hi. about beans. Woo. I mean, we, we, I can, about we can cut all that depending on how y'all feel about the bean content. But I believe it. It was hot bean content. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, now that that's over, I have a, a PBR, which is nature's, nature's NyQuil. So okay, I'm, we got... That was time to get an extra cat into the room. Hello. So the thing about, so this weekly blood week series that we had planned, like now is actually the time to get going with it because this is the point in each college football season at which the shit really hits the fan. Um, There are a lot of weeks in the first half of the season where it's like, well, it's only gotten weird like twice ever, like in week three or whatever. This is an example of a week when there's just almost too much to choose from. We have there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different weeks that could qualify as the craziest ever. We have a few that I'm going to run through quickly, ish, and then we have two we're going to look at in a little bit more detail. Um, honestly, t- let's let's knock these two out. 2017 and 2018. These were the two uh, the two weeks that gave us. That inspired the term Blood Week. That was after 2017 that Ryan made up a creepy poem-like thing about it. This was when Clemson lost to Syracuse. Washington lost to Arizona State after spending a week whining about ESPN's cupcake jokes. Uh, Washington State lost to Cal by 34, (laughs) which won the turnover battle by 7, which... uh, This was the worst turnover margin of the millennium by a team that was ranked at kickoff. I I don't even... How do you you only get like eleven possessions in a game? <laughs> yeah, the like only or the only if you're really if you're really cranking them, man. The only team this millennium that was ranked at any point in the season that had a worse turnover margin was 2009 Nebraska with a minus eight at Iowa State. Uh, so <laughs> this is really some doing. Um, also, this year you had uh, top ten Auburn losing to unranked LSU. This was, of course, meant Gus needed to be fired, but then he beat Auburn and Georgia, so he needed to be extended, but then he lost to Georgia and UCF, so he needed to be fired. And he also had some other minor stuff. Uh, This was followed almost 365 days later by Georgia loses to LSU, which uh, kept Georgia out of the playoff and gave us... (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Also, this meant eventually that Bevo ate Ugga, uh, and do we know the longest run that Kirby Smart's Georgia has ever given up? I do not. It was no. 59 yards by our son Joe Burrow in this very game. He also that's, had that's future 2018-19 Heisman winner Joe Burrow. 2019, 2020 number one draft pick. 20, yeah, that's right here. Oh, let's not wish that on him. Uh, we also had top ten West Virginia, Washington. And Penn State losing. Uh, Penn State lost to Michigan State. That's a crucial detail. Uh, Also, some other stuff happened, including Auburn lost to Tennessee. Fire Gus again. So, let us now, how about we just jump all over the place? What say we go to from here to 1993? How does that sound? Yeah, hey, yeah, I think we're good with it because I believe that was, Holly, you got 1993, right? thought we were going in chronological order, so I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. Hey, we're back. We, let's, let's. Sometimes, sometimes we'd audible. Here I decided to get the newer stuff out of the way. So here's some here's some schools. Yeah, am I talking about 1993 now? Is that what we decided? 1993. When I was 38. Number two, Alabama ties with number 10, Tennessee. You know this was a long time ago because I said number 10, Tennessee. And number two, Alabama. Oh, except last year. Anyway, uh, this was back when that game was still played at Legion Field. I was there. Uh, Tennessee led 17 to 9 at one point. The Vols turned the ball over five times, including a James Stewart fumble at the one in the third. Uh, Alabama drove 83 yards to get Jay Barker in on a sneak to make it 17-15. David Palmer then hit a two-point conversion to make it 17-17 with 21 seconds left. They ended up tying 17-17. None of this mattered because Alabama ended up having to forfeit this game anyway. Roll Tide. Uh, This is a pattern, by the way, in 1993. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. By that, do you mean number four, Florida, to number 19, Auburn, by three? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Gators jumped out to a 27-14 lead on this day. Auburn passed their way to a 28-27 lead. This was a long time ago. Auburn got into mm. position for a game-winning field goal thanks to a personal foul by the Florida defense. Lawrence Wright! Lawrence Wright! Woo! Auburn hit a field goal to make it 38-35. Florida couldn't counter. The Gators lost 38-35. Doesn't even matter because why? Auburn was NCAA ineligible for everything. The state of Alabama feels like it's 10 years behind the rest of us sometimes because that's how many seasons have been erased completely by the NCAA. Bang! That's pretty close to true. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have number seven Penn State at home to number 18 Michigan by eight uh, in 1993. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Michigan was three and two and had just dropped a game to Michigan State the week before. <laughs> um, can we talk about okay, now who was coaching Michigan at um, this time? I don't know, Spencer. Why don't you tell me? That'd be Gary Moeller. So let's talk about Gary Moeller for a second because Gary Moeller's known for some things besides coaching Michigan. Uh, best perhaps known for getting so drunk he punched a cop in 1995 after getting kicked out of a restaurant. Can I interject here, by the way? I see no way of stopping you. At the restaurant, he was. Uh, grabbing servers, told a uh, told a female server at one point, you're not listening to me. I love you. <laughs> oh, Spencer, that's not my favorite part of the story. No? My favorite part of the story is then the cops show up, Moeller punched one in the chest, and they sent him to jail. Then jail said he was too drunk for jail, and they sent him to a hospital instead. Too drunk for jail. So anyway, two years before all that happened, Penn State was 5-0. Michigan had a 14-10 lead when the fourth quarter started, and Penn State had the ball at the Wolverines' one. Penn State got stuffed on all four downs and kind of deflated after that. Michigan goes on to win 21-13. The Wolverines took that momentum into the next week's game against Illinois, which they triumphantly lost by a score of 24-21. Oh. I think that was homecoming. <laughs> no, really? I think they lost 24-21 I to Illinois I actually don't homecoming. know if that was... Hang on, hang on. If you want to know why Gary Moeller eventually had like a nervous breakdown after having a zillion drinks in a night, it was because he lost to Illinois on homecoming. Too drunk for the hospital. That's <laughs> Too drunk for jail. They said I was too drunk for hell. Yeah, Satan kicked me out. <laughs> Hell's full and you're too drunk. <laughs> also, I'm uh, sorry, the homecoming game in 1993 was... Uh, wait a second. I believe that'd be Wisconsin there. I was looking... No, I was looking at the 1994 team for some fucking reason. Uh, anyway, yeah, there was some, this was homecoming. Yeah, I was mixing this up with the 1994 Michigan Wolverines football team, which also lost their homecoming game to Wisconsin, 19 to 31. <laughs> this is why it happened on ESPN in front of 106,000 people. The worst, the worst part about the Mueller thing is that this was not him, right? Like this is not the kind of duty. No, was. this was the devil in him. Yeah, no, he just went plaid, man. Yeah. He just had one night where where it got loose. Yeah. Um. Moving uh, on. Also, 1983 was a big year for Penn State. This mm-hmm. was their first year in the Big Ten, and they're like, oh, this isn't so bad. This is pretty easy. <laughs> and then, wham, Michigan. Wham, Ohio State. Yeah, they lost it. That's, that's uh, Tyrone Wheatley's big shoulder pads game, y'all. Like, he had like 180 yards rushing with the shoulder pads that went all the way up to his temples. Um, I need you, Spencer, to look up something for me while I'm explaining the next game. Sure, sure. I'm going to look up something that happened in this next game, and you have to tell me if anyone was seriously injured when it happened, because I need to know how funny I'm allowed to think this is. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I do, I do. Okay, so we're moving to number nine, Oklahoma, at home, uh, losing to, if I'm right, number 20, Colorado? That's what I have. Yes, correct. Uh, Colorado... (laughs) The first, the first great fact about this game is Colorado had 499 yards of offense. Damn. Uh, they knocked out OU quarterback Kale Gundy out of the game with a severe concussion when his head bounced off the turf. That's not the thing I wanted to laugh at. Yes, that's Mike Gundy's brother. And yes, he's still on staff at Oklahoma. That can't be right. He is. 
He's the co-offensive regular Oklahoma. Yes, regular, not Oklahoma light. Okay, not even He's Oklahoma still on TNA. Staff no. at, as, at regular <laughs> Oklahoma as the OC. Um, I thought these notes could not be right. Colorado receiver Charles Johnson, meanwhile, had a huge game, but suffered a compound fracture on one of his ring fingers. I remember this. Yeah. Do we know what compound fractures means, everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, bone, what, what's that, that mean? That means that their bone is sticking out. Oh, so the bone broke through the skin? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Charles Johnson had it sewn shut on the sideline and came back in the game. Go Buffs. Okay. Uh, Buffs win 27-10 in Norman. Colorado tied K-State the next week, which was bad, but not as bad as OU losing 21-7 to to K-State later that season. Um, did we confirm whether or not there were injuries in that incident that I wanted to mention, which is the best part of this game? Yes. You tell them what happened, and I will read the injuries. And you are allowed to find this funny because they are not fatal or life-altering. Okay, this is the game where the Sooner Schooner rolled over. <laughs> On national TV. Yes. In case everything else didn't go wrong yes. enough. Yeah, the Sooner Schooner goes over and capsizes. Blood week! <laughs> Just saying! Yeah, this is what when, happened. When, to- when when people want to tweet at us and say, is this blood week? Ask yourself, did the Sooner Scooter topple on TV? Yeah, how crimson is your crimson, y'all? From the Oklahoman, uh, published on Sunday, October 17th, 1993. So 26 years to the, is it? Yeah, 26 years to the day, actually, that this uh, podcast here is being recorded. Wait, really? Yeah. Um, the, the ghost of the Sooner is going to come rattling through this here wall. Good the, Lord. The, the Schooner. Spooky Schooner. Spooky Schooner. Oh, God dang it. <laughs> Did you just shoot it? Did you just shoot a ghost? Ghost <laughs> right, Come on, what would, what's it more Oklahoma solution? Blam! Blam, 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 blam! The spooky sooner! Okay, eat, anyway. Eat hot lead, Spectre! Go on, get! <laughs> Go on, get, get back to the moon! <laughs> Go back to the Go moon! Go back where... to the moon where ghosts live! Uh, seconds after Oklahoma got on the scoreboard for the first time on Scott Planton's 44-yard field goal with 111 remaining in the first the half. celebrated field goal! The Sooner Schooner turned over! And then they lost! Driver Scott Gibson, a junior from Grove, Oklahoma, hurt his knee and was taken to the hospital for further examination. Wounded knee! Shouts oh out! Oh my god. It gets even better. How do you not react to wounded knee? That was amazing, but I wanted to get to Ponca City senior Gene Connolly, the roughneck. Ponca City, home of Brian Phillips? That's right. Home of New Yorker contributor Brian Phillips. Did you? He's going to be so angry when he hears you just called him a New Yorker contributor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ponca City senior Gene Connolly, the roughneck queen who was riding shotgun, was also shaken up. Important note, the two ponies reportedly were not injured. But they did it on purpose. <laughs> I, Fuck y'all, it's a field goal, Gene. The best quote comes from Ryan Ray, who was riding on there. Uh, the ponies are young. They were running too fast and turned too sharp. Ryan Ray, a junior from Lewisburg, Kansas, received a laceration above his right eye. I was riding in back holding the flag. Ray said, I remember us going around the curve. And then I heard some screams. The next thing I knew, I was on the turf. The best part, fans in the North End Zone who witnessed the accident said the roughneck and back jumped on late. Two huge strips of duct tape were needed to repair the torn turf near the 30-yard line. (laughs) Well, at least Oklahoma won. Oh, wait. Y'all get the duct tape! They lost. This is just like Oregon Trail. (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. Pac-12, number 12, Washington to number 22 UCLA doth fall. Uh, UCLA's JJ Stokes was 6'4 and a half. His cover man, am I saying this right? Reggie Reeser Mm -hmm. was 5'10". So when UCLA went down 15 nothing in a hurry, they started to throw the ball to Stokes, right? The math checks out. Stokes had 10 receptions for 190 yards and four touchdowns. Four? (laughs) Uh, UCLA came back to win 39-25. This is not as interesting as the next game, which is number 21 Cal losing to unranked Washington State by 27. Cal had just lost to Washington at this point in the season, but was still 5-1. and one. Wazoo was 3-2 and two and coming off a weird 12-0 win over Pacific. That's Pete Carroll's alma mater, which doesn't even have football anymore. 
Wazoo had lost its starter, but they got backup quarterback Sean Deeds, who was like 6'5", 230, bigger than any of the linebackers on his team is the punchline here. He went 13 of 25 for 227 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and a 34-7 win over Cal. Uh, Let's hear from teammate Tori Hunter for my favorite quote of 1993 Blood Week. This guy is in the Drew Bledsoe category in arm strength, though you didn't see it Saturday because he was a little tentative, a little cautious. Yeah, guess how many touchdowns Sean Deeds threw for the rest of his career? How many? One. Interesting. One. That was it. He threw one there, threw another later on, and that was it. That is a Drew Bledsoe category. Yeah. Uh, Wazoo behind Sean Deeds turned it on and went on a four-game losing streak. (laughs) to end the season, including a 9-6 loss as the number 25 team in the nation to Arizona the following week. People have always oversold the backup. Always. But more important than that, the Pac-12 has always eaten its own. That concludes 1993. 1993! Woo! A year when uh, a lot happened at the top of the SEC and none of it counted. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. The year that poof! (laughs) (laughs) i had forgotten we decided the moon is haunted that one i'm glad glad we brought that one back up i'm pretty sure you were the first one who was like who came up with the concept of yelling go on get at the moon (laughs) cock and gun moon's on it blam 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 get out of here coming back every month stop looking at me moon's looking for a handout That's why it keeps coming back. Feed it once. I see you <laughs> winking at me. Just because I put a flag on you doesn't mean I like you. <laughs> How many times do you think Neil Armstrong stood out in his backyard after he got back and stared up in the sky and was like, you're not so great. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> like to see you come down here and try that. <laughs> Actually, we know from the film he never spoke, so he just sort of stared at it. Ah, uh, yes, in First Men, which I think is the prequel to Kingsman. The First only Man, yeah. emotion he ever expressed in his entire life was when he was <laughs> on the moon facing no living beings for, like, trillions of light years. At that moment, he shed a single tear. <laughs> it's like the That's... ultimate American masculinity. <laughs> now... And then he wiped it and got back to work. <laughs> Now I may cry. (laughs) Oh, that felt great. Back to work. Meanwhile, like, Michael Collins is on the other side of the moon, and according to him, was as happy as he had ever been in his life, despite being the human who, at that point, was the furthest away from any other human ever. He was like, this is great! (laughs) I got got peaches in a tube. I'm in a can. (laughs) Flying through space. There's nobody pooping next to my head. Yeah, this is is awesome. Can I just leave y'all down there? I hate Buzz. Oh, grumpy-ass Neil Armstrong isn't up here. (laughs) Bumming everybody out. Here's one more thing on the Apollo mission. You know that when Neil was getting down there, Buzz was just loading a gun, like, just in case. (laughs) Just in case. I gotta be prepared. You don't know what's coming back. I don't know. I don't know what's in there. I, I hear, there, I hear they got moon tigers. How are you doing, Neil? What's your wife's name, Neil? Neil, don't you remember when we had that funeral last year to celebrate <laughs> the, the death of old Vinegar Tom? Why, sure I do. Vinegar Tom died when the Berlin Wall came down, Neil! I like that the, uh, assuming the movie is totally accurate, when you ask Neil that test question, what's your wife name? wife's name? He just looks at you and says, I don't know. And you say, oh, yes, this is Neil. That's Neil. <laughs> I was made to, like, Neil, Neil Armstrong ended up getting divorced. I maintain this because he, he was in love with the moon. He was like, well, <laughs> once, you've, once you've been there, you just really, really can't do anything else, can you? There's only one lady for me. Only one lady for me, and her name the is... The big white girl in the sky. <laughs> God, man, can you imagine a bigger Indiana goal than landing the moon? <laughs> I found the biggest, the wife. biggest, whitest wife of all. <laughs> oh my God! Neil Armstrong is history's first moon wife guy. Moon wife guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason! Literally, please take take us back to Earth. So, uh, I called an audible there and went out of order. Let's uh, let's get back to going out of order again. 
Woo! Spin that wheel. I'm going to go backwards and then we'll jump forward. How about that? Sure. Um, 1978. This is a really good one. Uh, if, if I had to pick just one, it might be this one. So Bama and USC split the national title this year, which is total bullshit because USC beat Bama at Legion Field, which is in Bama. <laughs> they still split it? Weird. <laughs> yeah. So the only, the absolute only reason for this is that uh, in this week that we are discussing, which is six weeks before Thanksgiving is how we're defining this, number two USC lost to unranked Arizona State by 13. Can't do that. Another reason USC's title wasn't unanimous is that in bowl season, Bama faced number one Penn State in the Sugar Bowl, one of the biggest bowl games of all time. But the Rose Bowl could have been about exactly as big. You could have had basically a playoff without a title game. Uh, The only thing preventing that was number five Michigan lost at home to non-ranked, yep, Michigan State by nine points. Again, never play Michigan State in mid-October. Meanwhile, number six, Texas A&M lost to Houston by 33. I love this Houston season. They went four and one against teams ranked in the top 10 at at kickoff. Uh, They very nearly went 11 and one and nearly beat Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. They also lost to Memphis, not just Memphis, Memphis State. By 14, Memphis State was 4-7 and seven this year. It, losing to Memphis is bad. When they tack on the state, mm, mm. Damn. So here's a sign you're in a blood week. Uh, either you are playing Pitt or Pitt <laughs> is in the top 10. Pitt oh, was in shit. the top 10. Uh, they were flying high, and they would lose 17-10 to Penn State. Of course, that sounds familiar. This year, they lost to a non-ranked Notre Dame. Oof. Uh, <laughs> completely fucking topsy turvy here. <laughs> I can't relate. Uh, number eleven LSU lost at home to unranked Georgia. Here is another sign of the times for any time. Georgia would have ended up in the national title mix with only a tie to Auburn. Otherwise, if not for a loss to South Carolina, <laughs> which this I I I really I I want to find a way to put some data to this, uh, but. This exact thing has happened like four or five times. Georgia, only South Carolina keeps Georgia away from either a shot of the title, an outright title, whatever the case may it's be. It's that Georgia- fucking peach vendetta. We're the peach state assholes. <laughs> they they are. That's the crazy shit. We should be the Do uh, not email state. us about who is and is not the peach state. Don't do it. I mean, Actually, we took, Godfrey's we t- out sick. Definitely email him. The name is ours. Y'all can't have it, but you are the peach state. We're the peanut Georgia, state. You know what this, what this is, though? Georgia thinks it's gotten out of the bucket, thinks it's gotten the house, job, mm. steady, edu- steady, you know, like nope, lifestyle. You're still just you a almost crab. said education, and then you remembered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I did. you're still just a crab in a visor. No, man. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Uncle Cocky shows up and is like, don't forget where you come from, boy. <laughs> you know better than me. I feel like we should put it on the tourism poster. South Carolina. You hate to see it. You're South Carolina. You ain't better than me. South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to South Carolina, where you're here now, too. <laughs> ain't so oh, funny I now, you is it? was somebody. <laughs> uh, also this week, number 13 and undefeated Colorado loses to winless Oklahoma State, and then Colorado collapses to six and five. Uh, almost this exact same thing would happen in 2018 <laughs> when Colorado uh, was 5-0 and and finished 0-7. Colorado should stop playing football in mid-October. Yeah. Uh, also this week, let's see, Florida State lost to a unranked Mississippi State by 28. Florida State was <laughs> number 15. <laughs> and in the Woody Hayes Gator Bowl punch year, number 16 Ohio State lost to non-ranked Purdue. Speaking of our boy Neil Armstrong, yeah, that's, so so you're telling me that Woody Hayes was good, like cocked and loaded when he entered that Gator Bowl. <laughs> he was I real don't pissed off. That reference. Uh, and of course, there's Pac-12 bullshit that didn't amount to much. Number 18, Stanford lost at home to unranked Washington. That's a that's a really good blood week. That's have, that's, that's some a, that's lasting a, blood. Got some meat and tendons on them bones. I have my one. I have one new Woody Hayes story that comes from some Bob Eufer research. That would be the Wait, you famous... don't mean he's alive. No. no. Oh god, he's still <laughs> yeah, Woody's back! <laughs> he still lurks. Uh, Woody tried to use a broadcast of Bob Eufer 
talking trash about Ohio State and specifically about Woody Hayes. Eufer was the radio announcer for Michigan, and he really he hit Hayes hard every single time, sometimes even in games they were not playing against Ohio State. And he had a recording made of Eufer making fun of Ohio State and specifically of the madman Woody Hayes and was playing it for his team and had to run across the locker room and shut it off when everybody began laughing because Eufer was making fun of Woody Hayes and it was not having the intended effect, (laughs) i.e. the players started to bust out laughing at them making fun of Woody Hayes, who could not stand that. So So he he thought they'd be like, oh, no, you don't talk about coach like that. Yeah, just to, yeah, exactly. Look, oh, we're going to defend Woody. And instead, they're like, yeah, this dork. <laughs> this oh, giant no. dork with a rage. Imagine his Drew Carey looking ass running across the, moment, the locker room. I'm trying to imagine the moment that tips. <laughs> with his pants hiked up to his chest, like, ah, turn that off. Walks over and punches the radio. Yeah. You Democrats! <laughs> imagine being the first player who's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the dude didn't care whether he lived or died, right? Like, <laughs> go ahead and try to whoop my ass, coach. Try it. You look like Drew Carey. I don't even know who that is because it's not time appropriate, but you do. Yeah, give it a shot. There's a hundred of us. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think that's going to go? You wearing glasses. Not for long. So, uh, 1981, there's a bunch of stuff that technically qualifies it, and then there's one big one. Um, Jason and I weren't alive. Wait, Jason was alive for part of it. I wasn't alive. For 1981? Yeah. Uh, very end. I, I'm not sure how many of the, and actually none of these games. But oh, okay. Yeah, all I, of this is I new material to me. For, I was a zygote for portions of this year. I was taking bets, so I'll tell you how we did. <laughs> Spencer, <laughs> Spencer, Spencer was coaching Arkansas. This hey, come year. on, Paul, Paul, come on, Papa Hall had me working the chalkboard. Right, it's before your fancy whiteboards. I was taking. Totals. Why isn't your handwriting better? <laughs> yeah, we had to get the bets in fast. Okay. Because it was all secret code. The government. That's right. Uh, number five, Michigan lost at home to Michigan State. Nice try. Iowa. The Oof. other Michigan State. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, number eight, Missouri lost to the other Iowa. Unranked Iowa State <laughs> by 21. <laughs> Jeez. Which, as we discovered uh, at our Houston show, Missouri-Iowa State is one of the country's most played rivalries. God knows why. Reason. Is that uh, the tele- I forgot. Is that the telephone? Uh, yes. Trophy? Yes. Yeah. The one where it's like, uh, Let's give you a phone. Since you Iowa State wanted that fucking phone this year. Give me that goddamn phone. <laughs> Our corn is on fire. We gotta call someone. Uh, here's a weird one. Number thirteen, Miami lost to Mississippi State. The hell? <laughs> Classic rivalry. What? Uh, number fourteen, Wisconsin lost to non-ranked. There's our friends. Michigan State by 19. Never play Michigan State six weeks before Thanksgiving. Uh, I am not done mentioning them, by the way. Uh, Number 18, Washington State had a tie with unranked UCLA. And here's the fun one. Number one, Texas. Oh. (laughs) Lost to Lou Holtz's unranked Arkansas. Arkansas Razorbacks. (laughs) Do you know know the number? Uh -uh. Oh, it's bad. 31. The second biggest upset ever of a number one team by an unranked team. And the biggest since 1942, Holy Cross beat Boston College by 43. You're telling me Texas is in the history books. Texas is authoritatively in the books for this one. Uh, This was also, this was was a pretty wild season. Obviously it was because Clemson won it. That's a joke. Settle down. Uh, And this was the fourth time already this season that the number one team had lost. Uh, Clemson was undefeated, deserving national champ, but an 11-0-1 Texas would have had a much tougher schedule and would have taken some number one votes. Clemson probably still takes it, but Texas would have had a reasonable case if they had managed to score 32 more points against Arkansas that day. So 81 is basically just one big game. Uh, 1990 is a year that we've kind of already discussed because we talked about it for our week one Blood Week episode. The whole season was like that, and it really, it, 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 including the middle. Number one, Michigan. Lost at home. Two, the ultimate unranked Michigan State because this team had only beaten Rutgers. Ew. Gross. So 
Yeah, Michigan State has been in almost all of these. If you play Michigan State in mid-October or in awful weather, you should forfeit to save yourself the uh, calorie expenditure. Uh, number four, Oklahoma lost to unranked Texas. Number 15, Clemson lost to number 18, Georgia Tech. Slight upset, but we'll count it. Uh, number 21, Arizona lost to unranked Oregon State by 14. Oregon State's only win all year under senior Craig Thorpe. That's all they had. That was it. What do you that's got? It. That's it. We're out. We took out Zona. Yeah, that's uh, mission accomplished. And here is a rare pair of word, pair of th- a rare trio of words. Number twenty-two, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is a blood it, year. <laughs> it is. It very much is. This 2007, 1984, Those are your blood years. Um, this 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 overachieving Indiana. They get clipped by a fellow overachiever, a little team by the name of Ohio State, who gives them a tie. All those plucky upstarts. So uh, out of this week, we're halfway through the season. One of the two teams that wins the national title is ranked number 18. That's how weird things would continue to get in this year. Uh, And that is a run through a whole bunch of years. As you can see, shit gets wild. The last year we wanted to discuss, we're going to again jump forward in time. Let's talk about 2013. Yes. Low so many years ago in 2013. We were all alive, but you were already old. Correct. And I and I'm old enough to know perspective, which is why I wanted to start with Clemson losing at home to Florida State. Now, by the way, this is not a massive upset, but it's more the degree in which it happened. And it's a reminder that I know Dabo Swinney right now is largely considered to be the architect of one of the most successful uh, death machines in all of college football. I would like to talk about how I was at this game. Yeah, yeah, we we could talk about that. But know this, there are other games that you were at in this sequence that I'm going to try to lay out here because remember, Dabo almost got fired in 2010. Remember that this has been a long time coming. Clemson's patience has been nearly infinite. And, And by that, I mean it was like four years. They, they waited four years for him <laughs> to get really good. But that's practically infinite in terms of college football in the 21st century. I was also not at any of the other Bloodweek games to sing. You lie. No. They, first, Dabo started by face planting on the way to greatness. Multiple times. Multiple times. Clemson trashed the truck. Excuse me of attending Clemson football games. Had it fixed. And then had to come back and put it back on the road and get back at it. Okay. I thought Spencer was saying you're at like seven games all at once. For instance. Yeah, maybe that's it. I am I am a legion and eternal. Losing, they lost five in a row to start off to South Carolina from 2009 to 2013. Woo! They had weird losses to Georgia Tech, including an embarrassing 37-17 loss in Atlanta in 2012, where Paul Johnson called a fake field goal most high school, high school coaches would have called out and figured out on the field. Um, there was the matter of losing 70-33 to to West Virginia in the Orange Bowl in 2012, all right? And there was this. In 2013, when they should have turned the corner, they ran face first into the Jameis Winston-led Florida State Seminoles, who would eventually be the national title uh, holders for that year. This game produced one of the greatest sports photos I've ever seen in college football, and it really sucks because it's a photo of Jameis. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's fucking spectacular. I, I think the photographer must have been like laying on his stomach in the end zone. Mm-hmm. But it's got like Jameis basically bestriding the field like a colossus, kind mm-hmm. of like a like a canted angle from the feet up. Yeah. And it's nighttime behind him. And it's a very like and hell's coming with me. Yeah. Yeah. Which it did because uh, rolling out on their first possession to kick off the game, Clemson fumbles and they're down seven nothing. One minute and 35 seconds into the game. Congratulations. Uh, 27-7 at the half. Florida State dominated. Jameis passed for 444 yards in that game. That is a spectacular photo. This is an audio medium, but that is a spectacular. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Um, But, yeah, it ended up as a 51-14 game, an embarrassment after the game. uh, Dabo Swinney says, we know we're better than how we played. But nobody cares about that. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And uh, then the next year, that's when they really get cooking, and they overcome Florida State and finally win. 
They actually don't. They lose twenty. They lose twenty three seventeen in OT. I like that so, nobody cares about that part. Self awareness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you some coach bullshit, but I know you. I know you know. It's yeah, bullshit. You, you this is 2013. Care. Clemson didn't have fans back then. Number six, LSU. This is their turn because uh, the same week, uh, LSU loses to unranked Ole Miss by three points in a 27-24. That happens to a lot of teams, okay? It does. It does. Old Miss was one and three in the conference when this game was played. Is that Mer- Mettenberger? <laughs> Easy enough for me to say. <laughs> you could break it up a little by saying Zach banned from Valdosta Mettenberger. Zach banned from Valdosta Mettenberger. He threw three interceptions in the first half. He threw two in the end zone. By the way, these are all awful interceptions. They're terrible. How do I know? I was there in the stands. And I remember some of this game. Not all of it because there was a lot of drinking happening and somebody was feeding me out of flasks, of tie flask, a hip flask. Everyone at Ole Miss has flasks, basically. Hey, this is back when LSU had players like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, and they put them in a system where they could really thrive or lose by three to Ole Miss. Which one was it? It's the one where they lose by three to Ole Miss. This was a wild night. It was a wild game. Ole Miss had absolutely no business winning this game. In fact, very nearly coughed it up at the end, allowing LSU to come back. But um, really just like a, a classic... A classic Dr. Bo game and a classic Les Miles game all wrapped up in one. Number seven, so Texas State. Almost got to hang on to that that win forever, right? And retain that victory in the in the trophy books. Remember, yeah, sure. Because that exists. In their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In their hearts. Maybe not in the record books. In their livers, certainly. Mm-hmm. They got to, this year the only win that is still on the books is the Music City Bowl. <laughs> that is correct. That's Take the that. one you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, Texas A&M. Uh, they were playing at home, and they were hosting number 24, Auburn. And uh, in this game, if I told you, hey, Mike Evans had 287 yards receiving. He caught four TDs. He was unstoppable, a giant of a man, a colossus, as one might say. Um, that's cool. Auburn rushed for 379 yards. They took Johnny Manziel out in the fourth quarter with the shoulder injury. He came back and was largely ineffective. Uh, both teams had over 600 yards of offense. So, you know, a classic SEC game, in other words. And Auburn wins 45-41. Again, Mike Evans, you'll feel this. This is Auburn ruining things. Auburn, the Michigan State of the SEC, just ruining things left and right. Next one, number eight, Louisville. Uh, they're at home, and they were hosting UCF. And... Uh, this is beautiful Teddy Bridgewater's like swan song. This is going to be a undefeated Louisville squad coasting into the national title picture. Um, and then guess who happened? Blake Bortles! Bortles! <laughs> Bortles come back! Yeah, Louisville's up 28-7. And I they... think we're missing Ryan singing on this episode. Mm-hmm. And in seven minutes, UCF scores 21 points to get right back in this game. And I think the lasting legacy of a 38-35 UCF win should be this. Uh, to hell with George O'Leary. No one cares. Just a turd in a punch bowl of a man. It has nothing to do with this game, really, because it was won by UCF's players. George O'Leary, you suck. You're not listening to this because you're deaf. You don't know what a podcast is. He's not deaf, dude. I mean, I guess he's deaf now. I think Spencer has cursed him with deafness. Mm. That's fine. He sucks. That's all. UCF fans, I'm glad you won this and it made you happy. But yeah, that dude, he could just kiss it. UCLA, number nine at the time. Yeah, that was the thing back in 2013. Number nine ranked UCLA. They were ranked nine in 2013. And in 2019, they scored nine points. <laughs> that's that's the transition they have made. Um, they played number 13, Stanford. Oh, shit. I thought George O'Leary was dead. No. No. He's not. We're he- good. Uh, number nine. He UC- looks dead. Yes, he's looked dead for like. I for real thought he died. He's got that years. Al Davis face. Anyway, that's all the that's the jokes that I was making. He might be deaf. Who knows? He he's apparently alive. Um, There's two paragraphs about the academic success he brought to UCF on his wiki page. Hmm, to mention anything about him killing a player? Uh, yeah, that's right before. Okay. Um, number nine, UCLA upset by Stanford. Uh, UCLA was ranked that high. Brent Huntley had him going. 
Uh, but Brett Hudley doesn't play running back for Stanford. Brett Hudley can't hold the ball for 37 minutes, which is what Stanford did in this game. Just a like, you want to know what like a David Shaw era Stanford classic was? It's this sludgy, slow, <laughs> grinding, a process, a thorough processing of, you know, we talk about Bama processing people. Uh uh-uh. uh. Stanford just puts them in the waiting room and watches them die. Here, could you fill out this other piece of paperwork? No! Yeah. Holding the ball for 37 minutes, letting UCLA rush for like 70 yards on the night. Just just choked them out. A submission hold of a game. 24-10 was the final. Stanford um, just buys your team like a private equity firm and then sells off all your yards. All the, Yeah, they do. They just sell <laughs> off parts, right? Like, oh, you took my third quarter. Yeah, we need it for another game. Or at least Stanford used to. Now they're in the sort of downfall collapse phase of these things. Yeah, they're <laughs> now they're being if sold. they ever happen, please, please. Uh, it's not the funniest one though. Funniest one that we've got here <laughs> is you know George has had their season ruined by a number of different teams. George is in here a lot, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They are. And and by the way. Like, Georgia goes into this game against unranked Vanderbilt. Hey, 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 I was going to say, I've got great news. They didn't lose to South Carolina. Well. Nope. Nope. They didn't lose to South Carolina this time because they were busy losing to unranked Vanderbilt. That's correct. That's correct. This is, by the way, when Aaron Murray uh, passes Tim Tebow for the scoring record. A period victory at best. Because. Yay. Yay. Because uh, Vandy was down going into the fourth quarter and they score 17 points off of two special team miscues and an offensive drive. They ran a fake field goal for a touchdown in the first half that proves crucial in a 27-24 victory over number 15. This is also a week after they lose to, for some reason, ranked Missouri (laughs) in Athens, 41-26. I'm sorry, it's a 31-27 lead. Our 31-27 final for Vanderbilt. I don't want to... They beat Florida, though. Uh, it is true. They did beat Florida that year. Shouts out to Jarvis Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, he was incredible. Uh, what, not, finally, uh, the last upset of this blood week for 2013. Uh, number 20, Washington. That's the Steve Sarkeesian-era Washington Huskies. Uh, they, they go to Arizona State. Hey, man, you should consider Arizona State. Right. Even if, you know, because guess guess what can happen to you if you don't consider Arizona State? Yeah, they're going to they're going to beat the hell out of you because at the half, the Huskies found themselves down twenty nine to seven. Do you want to know, by the way, can I can I get a number on the yardage? Okay, I will tell you, I'm going to start the bidding at 10 yards at 10 yards. And you you go down from there as to how many yards rushing Washington had in this game. Jason. Negative one. Holly. Four. I will tell you, Jason is too high. Negative 12. You are too low? Yes, low. low. I don't understand math. Negative seven. Negative five. I'm going to give you a negative five. Negative five. That's correct. If this were golf, Washington would have won. Because they were five under for the day on rushing yardage. Ty Willingham is a golf coach. I was going to say, these are two very good golf programs. I was going to say, because he certainly doesn't coach football. 31 first downs for Arizona State. Uh, Taylor Kelly was a beast that day. Uh, 12 first downs for the Washington Huskies. Uh, This caps a three-game losing streak for them. And uh, Sarkeesian rebuilds and responds by taking the USC job, which worked out great, and everyone was happy forever. At that that's the blood week that you need to remember for the year 2013. <laughs> the um, I like that. So the Georgia Vandy rivalry at this time, <laughs> there is a wiki page. So it's a rivalry. You're stuck with that, Georgia. Uh, at this time, it was at its hottest. This was two years after the game in which Mark Richt had to apologize to James Franklin on the field for some post-game altercation bullshit. I mean, uh, that's what. Oh no, that's what Mark Richt actually on on a live mic said. Todd Grantham was a dumbass. Yeah, that yes. was. A- <laughs> yeah, I think it's you have to you have to kind of read his lips, but like he's calling someone a dumbass, and if Todd Grantham is on the field, there's a pretty good chance it's him. Plus, he it's, was literally involved. In the- yeah, it's his it's his own employee that he goes. He's a dumbass. <laughs> 
Where's that guy now, by the way? Florida. Florida. He's our he's our defensive coordinator. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, it's great. We all have 45 points to LSU. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and blitzed slow inside linebackers uh, against uh, slot receivers. Yeah, it was good. It was awesome. He's a so very he's, smart man. He's smart now. Okay, got so it. So smart. Um, I also like that. So Clemson lost at home to national champion Florida State. Do we know the only team to win in Death Valley East since then? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It would be your Pittsburgh Panthers. Yes. Oh, yes. A program of equal accomplishment over the past 25 years to Florida State's. Everyone agrees. Uh, in the same conference, they wouldn't have let them in if they weren't. No, so, one, dis- no one disputes this. Uh, also, the, the A&M-Auburn, that was the game where it came down to basically a Johnny Manziel, a horse collar tackle of him that wasn't called despite it being in College Station. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird. Star player. Usually they get the flags, especially at home. I but bet, everyone was kind of sick of his shit, I think. There's got to be a message board somewhere out there that says, like, you know, hey, you know where that ref went to school, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. He went to the University of Texas. And you're like, at El Paso? <laughs> and they're, they're all in it together. They're all under Big Cal. El Paso, San Antonio, all of them. It would be fun to find, like, the Texas conspiracy for, like, every single upset loss we've just we've just named. It probably wouldn't be hard. There probably is an Aggie who's done it. So I like that. All of these, all of this mayhem, all arriving at once. And I think in the future of these, as we continue to go through, we probably won't do quite this many years. This one, you just kind of have to mention 2017 and 18 because they launched this whole thing. Um, but in the future, we'll try to narrow it down to one, two, three, five, something like that. Um, but I like this one as sort of spectacular to kick it off just to really herald it. For folks who are listening to this live, like during the season, like this is your evidence that business is picking up as our good buddy, not our good buddy, but as Jim Ross, everyone's good buddy, let's call him that, would say. As he surely said on the day that Sooner Sooner tipped over because of moon curses. Go, go, dang it! <laughs> Spoo.